Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong and BJ John Morant. He's at it again. He said, don't call me an all-star. Call me an MVP. Last night against Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Shows out. Big win there for the Grizzlies. Can we just start with John Morant? Because we said it from the start of the season. Talk about this man in the MVP conversation. Well, Tate, you know, we've been a big fan here of John Morant and what he's been able to do on the court. And you know what I was really impressed about him is we can talk about what he's been doing in the last week or so, and he's been nothing short of spectacular. But, you know, I really liked how that young man handled criticism about a week ago when they were talking about they hadn't won a game since his return from injury. Yeah. And I like the fact that he handled it with class, but more importantly, he used it as motivation. Mm. And he took something that could have been negative and he's turned it into a positive. Mm. And for all young players, you're going to get criticized. You're in the public's eye and John Morant used this as an opportunity to fuel him and use that energy and put it into a positive direction. And he's been, you know, Tate, I refer to him like many as must-see TV. Yeah. John Morant is a star among stars. And I don't think there's any question that he will be an all-star. I think now it's a question, is he a a starter in the all-star game? Mm. He's been that prolific. He's been amazing to watch. But more importantly, he has this team winning. I think they're currently now in the fourth seed. In the Western Conference. In the Western Conference. And John Morant is steering the ship once again. So shout out to him. Shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies and what they're doing. They're playing great basketball. And if you want to see greatness, just get you some dry rub. What, what, what they call it? Dry rub ribs down there? Is that what they call it? Yeah, I think dry so. Dry rub? Yeah. You know, you're from Carolina, so you don't, you're not used to the dry rub. You know? <laughs> we got but our own ways with barbecue. Get down, like there Bill, yeah. get down there to Bill Street. And, and when, he, when he comes in town, he was just in Brooklyn. I mean, he was the best player on the floor. Yeah. 36-6-8 against the Brooklyn Nets. And Desmond Bain, his teammate, who, you know, is having a great year himself, he was asked after the game about John Morant being an all-star. He said, I-, I think that's already a given. I think we should be talking about, is he the best point guard in basketball? And, there uh, you go. And that is something that I have heard first on Pushing Through from B.J. Armstrong, the guard guru. There you go. So, you know, th- there's two players. Well, there's, like, there's a number of players that I'm really looking forward to. And I like to... Probably, it ain't probably, one of my favorite things to do is to, to scout. I really love to identify great talent. John Morant, as you know, Tate, first day I saw him, I was like, wow. Evan Mobley, <laughs> you know, yeah. this guy's been unbelievable. You know, Shea Gilgert, you know. Uh, what, Gilgis SGA, Alexander, what, SGA. Yeah, yeah. SGA, uh, you know, he's got too many names. <laughs> so SGA. Shea is one of those guys, but... John Morant, wow, wow. You know, him and Evan Mobley, they look like they could be those type of talents that could carry this thing. They're in small markets, but I'm telling you, those are two special players, one on the interior and one on the on the perimeter. So I think this this game of ours, Tate, you know, I know you say you don't have much faith in the future. <laughs> but, but 
Tate, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out before I say that. I'm almost I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. But those guys have given me hope. No, They've given me hope, I, Tate. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo last last year, you know, during the playoffs gave me faith in the future, at least for the next, you know, five to seven years. But then when you look at John Moran, you look at Evan Mobley, now I'm stretching it out to now we're 15, 20 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that gives me hope, BJ. And I, and I think all we need is, is some hope out there. And when you watch them play, the heart of this Grizzlies team, it, it's hard not to enjoy watching them play basketball. And when you go up against them, you're going to have to compete. I, I saw Kevin Durant after they played the Sixers the other night and Joel Embiid waved them off the floor, you know, and told them to go home. He was talking about he enjoys having to compete, and he enjoyed that Joel was you know saying that stuff after the game. But in this game, the Grizzlies came and they outcompeted the Brooklyn Nets. And like you said, I think John Morant looked like the best player on the court. So that says a lot when you're on the court with a guy who's you know arguably the MVP of this league in Kevin Durant. So I learned a lot from this Grizzlies team watching them in that game. I I am growing more and more fond of what I'm seeing from that entire group, not just John Morant, but they have a guy who is box office and who is going to be in the conversation as we get later in the season as to one of the best players in basketball. And and that's, he's a young player, you know, and he was not supposed to be the box office guy, you know, the, the number one pick Zion Williamson right. was supposed to be. So he's right. already beaten the odds there in that sense too. So, I mean, number 12 is someone to watch as we move forward and I'm excited for him and I, I can see how much fun he's having right now. Yeah. Can I, can I just give a little quick shout out? To my guy, because you know I love the bigs. Mm. We're talking about a guard here, and and John Morant deserves all the credit he's re, he receives. But Stephen Adams, Stephen Adams, his role. yeah. You know I love it when the bigs are able to contribute because we devalued the bigs just you know four or five years ago. They were almost you know out of the league. They were treated them like were, dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah, we treated them like dinosaurs they were dinosaurs they were out they were out of the league small ball is here and you slowly but surely you're seeing the game getting significant contributions you know from bigs and Steven Adams has found his way he's another big guy and we don't give those guys touches like we used to we don't feature those guys on the offense on the low low post like we used to but they found a way so you know I just want to give a shout out to Steven Adams what he's doing there and it's great to see this team playing well as we head into uh, All-Star Weekend. Mm. And I do want to look ahead, uh, you know, talking about the bigs. We have a matchup. Midas, our producer, brought this up off the air. We have Joel and B taking on Evan Mobley coming up, EJ. And that's box office stuff right there. So when we talk about the bigs, I feel like slowly but surely, maybe if we're not talking about this, you know, at the national level, ESPN and Stephen A might not be covering this, but Joel Embiid versus Evan Mobley, Giannis, what he did last year, Jokic, the MVP of the league, we're slowly getting there. You know, we're sort of recentering basketball. It's a little under the radar right now, but I'm excited to see Embiid match up against Mobley. Well, it will be a great matchup. And right now, I'm going to give the edge to Joel Embiid. You know, Joel Embiid is a, is a, he's a handful. He's a low down there, and he's very skilled, and he's playing at an MVP caliber right now. I don't expect Evan Mobley to really be able to do, when I say much, I mean, you know, he probably has never seen a player like Joel Embiid when his caliber, with the physicality he can bring, the soft touch. And the, the size. Athleticism, I mean, the size. size. The experience. So I think... This will be a learning, an opportunity to learn 
from one of the best, if not the best big in the league. However, you can never underestimate greatness. Great players always respond, <laughs> you know. Great players respond. You know, that's why we look up to these players. They defy the odds. So our heroes, when you don't think there's nothing else, when you think you're down, they rise to the occasion. I would not be surprised if Evan Mobley takes the game or takes his game to another level. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised because this kid, Evan Mobley, has star written all over him. I, I see like I rave about him every week, you know, because he just continues to surprise me what he's able to do. I mean, that one move with his left hand, I'm still in shock. Was, was that George Gervin? Was that Dr. J? <laughs> what was that? You know, it, and Kyle, whatever it, it was. It was so good that Kyle Kuzma dapped him up, who's Man. on the other team. You know what? <laughs> that, that was something I don't think I've ever seen that, BJ. I mean, that, that, was, that was something you know, else. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, all, all, all my friends, all, all the old heads, they call me. They say, what's going on? What's going on? You know, they were talking about Kyle Kuzma. I was like, forget Kyle Kuzma right now. Did you see that move? <laughs> <laughs> but that was really funny about Kyle Kuzma. But you know what? I respect that. I respect Kyle Kuzma for that. You know, these, these guys... You know, one thing, you know, I always tried to do, Tate, as, a, as an ex-player, is I always tried to find my joy in the game. Yeah. And that made me smile. Exactly. That, that's it, how I felt, it, too. It, 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 it was it, such an amazing move. He was like, damn, man, like, respect, you know? The- yeah, no, it made me smile. You know what? <laughs> I was like, you know what? If I was on the playground with my friends and you did that, Tate, I would dap you up. Yeah. That's what I mean. I don't know if I would do it in a game, but on the playground, if you did that tape, I would daff you up. Yeah, you'd be like, like, that's smooth. Yeah, yeah. And and I can't forget that these guys, that's how they play. That's how they – the NBA to them is probably just an extension of, like, AAU and them playing. And you know what? It it brought a smile on my face, so it was all good. I may not understand it, but – it sure made me laugh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, big ups to Kyle Kuzma for that. You know, that's love. You know, that's a Flintstone. So uh, it's, it's all good. Yeah. And especially like when you witness something great, you know, we talk about greatness. You and I say that's that's what we're here to see. That That's what we come to the games to, to witness yes. greatness. And that was a, a moment of greatness. You know, you had those flashes of players where you just say, oh, that. There's something there, you know what I mean? And he has done that multiple times already. But that in particular, I think, kind of caught the zeitgeist of everybody. You know, that was a sports center top top play. You know, it was for the national audience to say, hey, what's going on in Cleveland, right? Like, what's going on over here? Because this guy's unreal. Think about about this, Tate. He's a Mm seven-footer. He's not supposed to be able to do that. He's not supposed (laughs) to be able to do that. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm trying to imagine Bill Cartwright pulling a move off like that. You yeah. know, the bigs that I played with in my era. That's just not happening. What an incredible move. One of the top five moves of the year for sure. Mm. And we'll be talking about that uh, as we move on, uh, you know, through the rest of the year. Again, Cleveland, a five seed right now. The Sixers knocking on the door as the sixth seed. But I want to talk about the number one seed and yes. uh, the leader of their team, DeMar DeRozan, who has been... Shout on- it loud, Tate. <laughs> Say it loud to me. Who, who, who? The Chicago the who? The Chicago Bulls are number one in the Eastern Conference. A familiar place uh, that they were, you know, back in the day, back when B.J. Armstrong played for them. So, uh, wow. 
it's good to see uh, this group thriving. Uh, they went all in. We talked about this at the start of the season. The Chicago Bulls put all their chips on the table. They said, we're going to bring DeMar Rosen here. We're going to bring Lonzo Ball here. We're going to get Zach Levine the help he needs. We already got Vucevic, and we're going to make a run at this thing. And DeMar DeRozan is answering the bell and then some. He's an Eastern Conference All-Star. But now he's in the MVP conversation, BJ, with the way he's been able to play and his ability to get the Chicago Bulls team to the number one seed, like I said, in the Eastern Conference. What have you seen from this group? And especially what have you seen from a guard, DeMar DeRozan, who's doing his own impersonation of Michael Jordan right now in Chicago? Well, I was calling my, my people back there in Chicago recently. Well, yesterday, take come on. Let's just call it like you see it. And they said, how do you like the Slash Brothers? <laughs> I like the Slash. The Slash Brothers. I said, I like it. I like it. And then they hit me with this one, Tate. The Marvelous Ooh. has been incredible. I said, well, hey, sound like you guys have been working on your vocabulary. That's good. You know, school is in session. But DeMar DeRozan has been nothing short of spectacular. He's been amazing he has been he he's been he's been amazing he looks so happy to be back in the eastern conference well he's playing his game Mm -hmm. he's arguably playing the best basketball of his career right now and he's found his rhythm and you know the bulls are the beneficiary of that you know i think demar over the summer i don't think he expected to be in chicago I don't think Chicago expected to have an opportunity to get him in free agency. And sometimes things work out. And here's another opportunity for him to go on his tour to show everyone why he's still one of the elite guards in the NBA. I think without question, he's been the best two guard in the NBA. Yep. You know, especially in the Eastern Conference. I think he's an NBA all-star starter this year. Agreed. And I think he's in the MVP conversation. He's in the MVP conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and the combination of him and Zach Levine, a.k.a. the Slash Brothers, (laughs) no one, myself included, can say that I picked him to be the first seed. I thought it would be a great achievement if they were, you know, in the playoffs. If they didn't get, to, if they didn't have to play in the play in the play in game, I thought that was a success for them. Yeah. Let alone to say, in January, twenty twenty two, that this team is in first place by two games. That's a, That's an incredible achievement. So, it's been it's been a joy to watch Demar continue to rise, to age gracefully, to add new things to his game. And that mid range game, you know, when you talk about the mid range. I think you got to give him a you got to have his name somewhere in there as one of the one of the very best. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets to that free throw line extended area. He looks really like that's home for him. And he's doing an incredible job and more importantly Tate is translating to winning basketball. So good for the Bulls and I love hearing my guy Stacy King. 
So <laughs> Stacy's having fun right now. Uh, I mean, the Bulls have won eight straight, um, and and even just saying that, you know, I mean that that is that is really something to marvel at. My guy Kobe White, BJ comes back off injury. Kobe White has been nice for them, right? He's been rolling, he's been balling, so it's been good to see. And uh, I just think they're a really fun, infectious group. You can tell that they are having fun playing for each other. And those two guys, the Slash Brothers, as you're calling them, as Chicago is calling them. They're getting to their spots, and they're they're playing a fun brand of basketball, and they're also putting an emphasis on a on a spot on the floor that has been disregarded and disrespected a little bit over the past few years in the mid range. And those two guys are showing, hey, you you can play this way and dominate a game, and you don't just have to shoot threes. And uh, they both play above the rim. They both have flash to their game. And they're a whole lot of fun to watch. So shout out to the Chicago Bulls. I'm glad you're excited because I'm fired up for Chicago. Um, the city deserves. They're a great basketball city, you know, when they're locked in. Great sports in. town. Great sports town. Yeah, yeah, in general. Quick break to get a word from our sponsors. I love to explore new wines, but I'm not always sure what to get. And I really don't want to be disappointed. That's why I love First Leaf Wine Club. They remove all the guesswork, doing all the hard work to discover great wines so you can enjoy them yourself. First Leaf winemakers sample 10,000 wines a year across five continents and 12 countries and select only the best bottles for the club. First Leaf believes wine is personal. They create a custom wine print for each member and maps their vast portfolio of wines to each person's unique taste preferences once you take their five-minute quiz. The more wines you rate, the more each shipment is personalized to your taste. There are no contracts or cancellation fees, and if you're not happy with the wine you receive, First Leaf will give a credit towards your next shipment for a risk-free way to explore an endless array of world-class wine. I love this so much. I mean, we've been doing this for the past two years. I've gotten some of the best wines I've ever had from South America to Spain, all over. Celebrate your special first and the moments that count with First Leaf, the wine club designed to help you discover new wines you'll love, personalized to your taste, and delivered to your door. Join today, and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 with free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash pushin'. That's tryfirstleaf.com slash pushin' for six bottles of wine for $29.95 with free shipping. Here's a toast to first. May you enjoy them with the people you love from the first sip to the last. Tryfirstleaf.com slash pushin'. Back to pushing through. But the Eastern Conference in general, BJ, is fascinating uh, as, as we keep it rolling here. The Milwaukee Bucks, they're still knocking on the door. They're just two games back. The Nets are in the two seed. Uh, they're just two games back. Miami, Jimmy Butler has an ankle injury, but they're sitting there at the four seed. Then you got Cleveland, then you got Philly, then you got Washington, then you got my Hornets. So it's going to be a battle down the stretch. Um, is, there yes. any, is there any team in the Eastern Conference that you look at right now and you say, I think they are, are still the favorite in your mind? Is it the defending champs? Because I still well, feel like it's Giannis. Well, t- can, I, can I go off the rails a little yeah, bit? Yeah, please. Just a little bit. Please. You know, I don't get a chance to celebrate a lot of victories right now as a Detroit fan. Okay. But how about our Pistons last mm. night? How about our Pistons? How about our Pistons last night? In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee mm-hmm. against the Bucks, And they go up there and get a, a really nice win last night. Now, the reason I want to bring this up is real quick. I'm expecting the Pistons in the second half of the season to play 500 basketball. I'm going on record right now saying that. I'm going on record right now, Tate. I expect them to play a better brand of basketball than they did the first half of the season. Mm. Now, I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but I think 
that they have, especially with their two young players, Cade Hunt Cunningham and Sadiq Bay. I Ooh, think they can Sadiq I Bay. Think, I think they can put together consistency now in the second half of the season. Not just have a good game here or there, but consistency. They can put together 20 to 25 a night, and the other guys can fill around. Mm. Now, last night they got a big effort from Josh Jackson coming off the bench. 24 points off the bench. But I expect this team to play a little better. I just wanted to point that out so that way we can, you know, rewind the tape and say we didn't jump on the bad wagon. (laughs) We didn't jump on the bad wagon after the fact. Sadiq Bey has been playing terrific. Kay Cunningham is quietly going about his business. You know, that, that, that other kid, we're talking about young players, Scotty Barnes up there in Toronto is playing terrific basketball. Mm-hmm. This is turning out to be a really good draft. But I really like Kay Cunningham on the ball. And I think as his development continues to grow and he has consistent play at the lead guard position, I think they can play – 500 basketball moving forward in the second half of the season. And I think Kay can average around, you know, seven to, you know, ten assists potentially. I, I, absolutely. I just think – I think now those guys, when I say those guys, those young players can play – they can, you know, they can give you seven out of ten efforts and bring their – somewhere near their A game. Mm-hmm. That's called professionalism. So – you know, I just wanted to say that because that was a big-time effort on the road. Yeah. That was a big-time effort. I, it wasn't the fact that they won. It was just the effort. And I saw – I like the fact when you have a team who doesn't have a winning record and they continue to play hard. Yeah. That says something about the culture. It may not translate to the outside because, you know, hey, this is a cold business. And, you know, you no know, one's you celebrating hard. when you're, you know, in 14th place or whatever there, it is. There, yeah. there, there's, no, there's no moral victories. Mm-hmm. But I do like the fact that they – are still engaged as a young team and went on the road and did that versus the Milwaukee Bucks. That says something about the group. That says something about what they're doing behind the scenes. But more importantly, those those young players are still engaged. And it also says something because they played against the big three of Milwaukee, the defending champs. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo has 31 and 10 in this game. It's not like they played a Bucks team that was shorthanded. This was the real yeah. – they played the real Milwaukee Bucks. And they they showed up and gave great effort, and they got a nice win. And they should feel really good about that. You know, Tate, I, I, I'm feeling like I got my, my nicknames are just flowing off the top right now. <laughs> I, got a, I got a new name that I like to refer to Giannis as. Okay. As I was watching the game last night. You know, everyone else was watching Brooklyn, and, and I was flipping before, because I couldn't believe the score as I was watching the Piston game. I just call Giannis G-Unit. <laughs> And the G stands for grown man. <laughs> okay, I like G yeah. unit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He he he's just a grown man. Yeah, he's a unit. He's just a grown. Yeah, I you mean, can't stop you, him. You just said that. Oh, he had thirty one and ten. Like, I mean, that's a career night for most. That's just that's him just, doing that in that's just you know, twenty nine yeah, thirty minutes. That's yeah. a regular night for Giannis. Yeah, he's the G unit. You know, he's mm. the he the G unit. He's a he he plays a brand of basketball that only a few have played. That's grown man basketball. He'll run right through you. So, you know, the big fella, that, that, that was a, you know, that was a win. I'm sure they will have that game circled on the, when they play each other again. 
But that was a nice win for the Detroit Pistons last night. Yeah, and that that was good spirits all around. I mean, I was excited to see that. We love Trey Weaver. Uh, hopefully they can go and be a 500 team the rest of the year. Then we can have him on the show and talk about that, that success you know, for this team and that turnaround because – I like the young core. I think they have some talent, and I think they're starting to believe uh, a little bit in Detroit. So that's always good to see. I do want to talk about one thing quickly before we get out of here, BJ, um, and that was the Houston Rockets situation. I'm sure you yes. saw this. Uh, obviously, the, the Athletic and all these other sources have pointed this out, but John Lucas uh, and Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood had you know some words exchanged in the locker room, and Kevin Porter Jr. leaves, and uh, Christian Wood is not played in the second half, and uh, you know John Lucas. I'm I'm a North Carolina guy, BJ, as we know, and John right. Lucas is a legend. I mean, one of the greatest yes. basketball yes. players that, yes. uh, you know, has ever played the game. Um, and <laughs> he's not afraid to, to, I think, say his mind and speak his mind. So I'm sure he did in this situation. But it was unfortunate to see how this all played out because all three of the all three of the guys involved obviously have a lot of basketball talent. Um, and uh, that was the unfortunate part of here. And, and what do you see moving forward for Houston and Coach Silas? Well, you know, I've known Coach Silas, you know, I played for his dad. Yeah. Actually, for your your beloved Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> and I've known Stephen, God, I don't know, 25, 30 years now. And, you know, this is a teachable moment. We've all had mistakes that we've made. And unfortunately, that these young men have to make a mistake in front of millions and millions of people. Mm-hmm. And that's the difficult thing about today, where 25 years ago, you would have heard about it, there would have been a fine, and you'd move on. This isn't the first time that's happened, and it won't be the last. But now we're in an era where now where you see it, you, you, it, it happens in real time. Now, the one thing is, you know, Tate, you've heard me say this many times, but I, I, I want to share this with our audience. You know, it's very important that we say this and we say it here. You know, every young player or every young person that I come in contact with, I always ask them the following. Do I have permission to tell you the truth? Mm -hmm. Do I have permission? Do I have permission to coach you? Because that's the start of a relationship. Now, John, I played against John Lucas. I've no, if one thing I know about John Lucas, the game of basketball is holy and sacred to him. Yeah, it's like church. Now, you could say it. All of the things that has happened in his life on and off the court, well-documented. What he's done as a head coach, assistant coach, well-documented. All of the things that he's done and, you know, all of the things how he's helped thousands of people in his life. If you have come in contact or have had contact with John Lucas, there's one thing you're going to walk away with you're going to realize that basketball is number one, two, and three in his life. Mm -hmm. His passion for the game. He loves the game. He respects the game. And he loves everything that comes with it. I have no doubt that John Lucas is going to always tell you his truth as he sees it. But it's coming from a place of love. Now, that I know. Now, what do I know what happened? No, I don't. Were they right to feel the way? Absolutely, you're right to feel the way ever you want to feel. But I am sure, a thousand percent sure, whatever was said between Coach Lucas and those players, 
it was coming from a point of love. Because John Luke, you can call John Lucas at one, two, three, four, five in the morning and say, Coach, I need to go work out. And Coach Lucas will meet you at that gym to go work out. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care who it is. Now, he loves that game. So, and I know Coach Silas. Both of them are dear friends of mine. And I know Coach Silas loves that game. I know his dad. You know, he refers to me as Mr. Strong, first name R, and I refer to him as Mr. Luss, first name Cy. <laughs> okay? Coach Silas is a he is a basketball, you know, he, he he'll talk basketball with you all day. All day. But he also understands that when you're coaching, you got a job to do. And I hope that these young players will realize this incredible opportunity that they have to play, to develop. But more importantly, they are in great company with not one, but two terrific coaches. Terrific coaches. Who are lifers. I mean, you hear me say that all the time. Tate, I didn't want to say it, but since you said it, I'm going to repeat it. There are coaches, there are executives, and then there are lifers. Those are two basketball lifers. Those two love the game of basketball, and they hold it at the highest level. So I hope that those two young men will be able to see what happened there, right? Because you're not, we're not talking about them personally. It wasn't a personal attack. We're talking about the players. That's a tough situation, everything they've gone through there in Houston. I mean, you lose James Harden. You trade Russell Westbrook. You, you, they've gone through a lot. They're adding rookies and this. Veterans. And, and veterans and, yeah. and coaches and ownership. And there's a lot going on. And I get it, right? You got, you know, you got, you got, you got max players that aren't playing. There's a lot of moving parts down there. And I'm, you know, and it's not a very, I'm sure it's not a, a very comfortable place at times. But. As they say, Tate, the show must go on. Mm. And I, I hope this is a teachable moment. I hope it's one of those things where we can look back because those are two talented players. Yeah. Make no doubt about it. Those, those are two talented players, and I hope they won't be penalized for this one action. Or because everything, you, I've heard about, everything yeah. I've heard about them, Tate, is that they're really good kids. Mm-hmm. Really good kids. But we all make mistakes, myself included. And like okay, you said, but, it used to be able to to kind of have a veil and, and a separation of, hey, this happened, but it gets leaked in a month or it's like a story that's written in a book that comes out in a year. And, right. But now it's everywhere. And now people are like, oh, look, this this drama happening in Houston, you know, what's going on with this guy or that guy? And it just becomes a whole show and it makes it even bigger of a deal than it already was in the moment, you know, because in the moment it's a locker room. You're heated. You're tired of losing. Everyone's got their opinions. Everyone's trying to, you know, explain themselves or feel attacked or whatever it may be. So it's a lot that goes into one moment. But like you said, now it's extrapolates out and we hope it doesn't affect these guys or the reputation of these coaches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because their best basketball is ahead of them. Yes, for both of those guys. For both of those guys. Their best basketball is ahead of them. And, you know, look, we've all been in situations where we make emotional decisions. 
And I know Coach Silas, and I know, you know, the coaching staff there, Coach Lucas, cooler heads will prevail. Mm. I know I know both of them. And I know cooler heads will prevail. And let's hope that they can move on and continue their career because both of them should be 10-plus years in the NBA. Mm. And, and and be able to contribute and play and do the things that they love to do because both of them are very talented. So unfortunate situation, but I, I know that they are in good hands. And if those young men have the ability to listen and and move forward, both of those guys will steer them and move them in the right direction. And I think they'll look back on it and say, you know what, they'll be thankful and they'll be better because of it if if it happens that way. And 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 I'm hoping that it does. Ah, me too. Me too. Well, there, there you have it. This has been another edition of Pushing Through. BJ, uh, tonight we got John Moran taking on Evan Mobley, so that'll be fun. Uh, Four o'clock Pacific. So we, we'll both watch that game. Watch that game, and uh, you know we're excited for uh, the return. It's 2022, uh, first show of the new year. We're very excited about that. BJ, anything else before we get out of here? Well, I'll tell you, I just want to say Happy New Year. You're you're, you're looking great. You sound great. <laughs> You know, I know you had great food back there in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, welcome back, my friend. And uh, to all of our listeners, happy holidays, happy new year. And uh, Tate, let's get it. Because Tate, when we are in water, what do we do? We got to make waves. This has been Pushing Through, and we will see you later in the week. Yeah.